0: Hi guys, this is IELTS with Fiona and today's the first day of my reading bootcamp. Well, actually it started yesterday just getting to know everybody in a Zoom meeting, but today is the actual first day of hard work. We're focusing on true, false, not given questions, so I thought I would share with you one of the texts that we're looking at today. Um, in the boot camp. You get a, a video lesson every day talking about strategies and tips and tricks and things like that. But many of my members have already done the course and they want extra practice. So there's every day, there's a, a new reading with a, a little task, and we discuss that then in the live lessons. We had one this morning. And so, this one is starting quite easy with the true, false, not given questions. So, it's suitable for general training and academic. It's a reading passage one academic, which is very often a life history. So, it's a factual text. Um, You go onto my website, you can find a few there. There's one about Marie Curie, for example. And these are quite simple because they go in order of time. They are chronological texts. So usually it's, it's pretty easy to follow the structure of the text and find the answers quite quickly which means that you can save time and maybe even do part one in, you know, 15, 16 minutes instead of 20 and leave yourself a bit more time to do part three. That is totally achievable if you're a good reader. And I'm going to show you how quickly you could do this one, Um, not only from getting used to the text, but also dealing with true false, not given questions, uh, you start to recognise them. You start to guess answers. And I'm sure you would be able to guess half of these from the way that they're written. I don't recommend that technique, but it, it really speeds up the process. So this is a story about Henry Moore. He's a famous sculptor, British sculptor. And that's the title gives his dates and the subtitle tells us he's a British sculptor who was a leading figure in the 20th century art world. That's all. Now, if you quickly look at the seven true, false, not given, and, and I do recommend you do that. It was a question that came up yesterday in our Zoom meeting. What should you do first, read the text or look at the questions? Um. General advice is look at the questions first so that you know what you're looking for. And although different teachers give different advice, I I think I would go with this one. Um, Mostly because they often divide the text into like two parts to match the two different question types. And this one certainly does that. So the second set of questions... Is a, a summary text, and it starts with the capital letters Leicester Galleries. So that's really easy to find halfway through the text, and then you know, okay, these first seven questions—they're actually only in the first half of the text, and they go in order. So they're pretty easy to find. Now, um. Look at the first question. Let's just have a few guesses here. Remember, this is a sculptor and he was born, it it gives his dates, 1898. So, the end of the 19th century. So, use your common sense, background knowledge, your gut instinct. Number one says, on leaving school, Moore, that's Henry Moore, did what his father wanted him to do. Now think about the time and the age. Can you imagine a father in the 19th century when life was difficult? Um actually wanting his, his son to become an, an artist, a sculptor. Well, okay, I could be wrong, but usually in those days, people went into a trade or they, they found a safe job. Uh, followed what their parents wanted them to do, usually. And you can imagine this kind of story just from your background reading that he he started off. He wasn't immediately a sculptor when he left school. He did something sensible, got a proper job and then um, decided to pursue his passion later in life. That That's what my guess would be. Um, number two, Moore began studying sculpture in his first term at the Leeds School of Art. Now, the alarm bell for me there is the first term, because I kind of predict that it'll just say, no, it was his second term, just from what I know about these questions or third term or last term, any of those Number three, when he started the Royal College of Art, its reputation for teaching sculpture was excellent. Now, these subjective emotional words ring alarm bells for me because they are rarely in the factual text. And my guess would be, well, I'd be looking for where does it say that the reputation was excellent? Number four, he became aware of ancient sculpture as a result of visiting London museums. Again, think about 19th century. He probably didn't travel to Greece and ancient Greece and wherever you need to see ancient sculpture. He probably um, did go to museums. He, He wasn't probably able to travel very much. And you know, if you know London museums, they're full of ancient sculptures. <laughs> so I would guess yes. Um, number five, the Trocadero Museum's Mayan sculpture uh, attracted a lot of public interest. Mayan, we've we've talked about this, the Maya, you know, the ancient culture civilizations. It comes up in, in uh, reading quite a lot. So this sculpture attracted a lot of public interest. So I don't know about this one. I would look for the word a lot of and try to find a quantifier and ask myself how much public interest did it attract. In Six More Thought, the Mayan sculpture was similar in certain respects to other stone sculptures. Well, my guess is that that word similar is an alarm bell for me. It's, it's a nice adjective that they can easily choose something opposite. They can easily say different because they're writing questions. They have to think, well, what can we ask? So I can imagine that that's going to be false, that it wasn't similar. It was different. And especially, um, I imagine Mayan sculpture is quite unusual. And finally, question seven the artists who belonged to Unit One, I don't know what Unit One is, it's capital letters, so it's easy to find, wanted to make modern art and architecture more popular. I imagine that's true because artists tend to be very passionate about what they love and therefore they want other people to love it too so those are my guesses and yes of course i have read the text so i am slightly biased um but focusing on just the first five paragraphs it it starts very typically he was born in castleford near leeds north of england Uh, seventh child um studied at school, after leaving school, um, he hoped to become a sculptor, but instead, that's it, there's the big but, he complied with his father's wish that he train as a school teacher. So, the question was, on leaving school, he did what his father wanted him to do. Yes, he complied With his father's wish. So, even if you don't know that word complied, you've got the two big alarm bells, but. So, he wanted to become a sculptor, but, and instead, instead of doing this, he complied with his father's wish and became a teacher. Number two, Moore began studying sculpture in his first term at the Leeds School of Art. So you go to paragraph two, capital letters, Leeds School of Art. He studied there for two years. In his first year, he spent most of his time drawing. Although he wanted to study sculpture, no teacher was appointed until his second year. So very clearly, it says he, he, the teacher taught him in the second year, This one says in his first term. So the opposite of first in this case is second because he only went for two years. So it was either the first year or the second year. And in the text, it says second year. So the number two is false. So number one, we had a true. Number two, we had a false. And I see these true-false-not-given as very balanced. I'm imagining number three is not given. Not always, of course, but it it, it tends to follow a very balanced pattern. Um, number three, when he started at the Royal College of Art, its reputation for teaching sculpture was excellent. So, I find the Royal College in paragraph two and three He got a scholarship, he moved to London, began studying for three years, visited London museums, and then it goes to the next question about London museums. So if I ask myself its reputation, um, how, how good was it? I cannot answer in the text. I can guess it was good because it's the Royal College of Art, but there's no information about that. So, we come to number four, the London museums. Be careful with the word as a result of. So, he became aware of ancient sculpture as a result of visiting the museum. So, we'll be looking for synonyms of became aware. Um, It said, he visited many of the London museums. During these visits, he discovered the power and beauty of ancient Egyptian and African sculpture. That's it. Simply, he discovered, he became aware of. And so it's true. Um, Question number five is about the Trocadero Museum. So you go to the next paragraph, four, in Paris. It says he was impressed by a cast of a Mayan sculpture. It defines Mayan for you, belonging to an ancient civilization that inhabited parts of current-day Mexico, Guatemala, Belize, El Salvador and Honduras. So he was impressed by a cast of a Mayan sculpture of the rain spirit. That's all it says. So, um, the question was that it attracted a lot of public interest. I can't find anything that talks about public interest at all. He became fascinated with the stone sculpture, which he thought had a power and originality that no other stone sculpture possessed. Important. Important. Originality that no other stone sculpture possessed. So when you go to question six, he thought the Mayan sculpture was similar to other stone sculptures. No, he thought it was so original that no other sculpture was like it. So number six is false. So we've got two true, two false, two not given. So number seven really could be anything, and it says the artists who belonged to Unit One. Ah, now this one's a bit tricky. You go to the paragraph five, and it says uh, in one thousand nine hundred and thirty-three he became a member of a group of young artists called Unit One. The aim of the group, the aim, so the clear aim was to convince the English public of the merits of the emerging international movement in modern art and architecture. Now, I think this is tricky. The answer is true. Um, Although the synonyms are not exact. And sometimes my advice for this one is don't overthink it. Don't go looking for... um, What does it say? So who wanted to make modern art and architecture more popular, they wanted to convince the English public. So that has the idea of popularity, more people, about the merits, the good things of modern art and architecture. So it's certainly true, although I think not as straightforward as those other examples. Okay, so the second part is uh, a gap fill. I'm not going to do that now, so I can keep this as a separate episode and I can add it um, then to the lesson today. But I will be back with the second half um, when we start doing the gap fills. So that's it for today. The uh, bootcamp is open for you to join anytime. I don't Put these false lies about it's completely full, and I don't say um, it's only a hundred places. Um, anybody is welcome to join because that's how it works. It's an online course; you can access it. So I don't, I don't make up anything about it. Um, of course, in the Zoom meetings, um, we're a small group, uh, and that's the way I like it. So I can talk to everybody. I remember everybody's names. And that is the only restriction That's. I just want to be clear with you and honest with you that um, that's the way I operate. If you have any questions about it, please do let me know and I will chat to you soon. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.